We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. We are thankful that you are here as we continue uh, this series that we began a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about the, the, the thought of dreaming again. And we shared uh, that uh, God is able to make us anew. He is able to renew us. And then uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the dream of, uh, the dream of uh, Pentecost and the, the reality that uh, Jesus has come and, and the Holy Spirit has come so that we can have life and have it more abundant and that he can live within us. And also that the Holy Spirit brings about reconciliation, uh, the possibility of that for us in our lives today. So we're just so thankful today to continue in this. And today, uh, as I'll be sharing this through this whole month of uh, uh, whatever we're in, June, there we go, uh, in this month of June. And uh, I want to talk today about the, uh, uh, what it is to have a dream of living a life of harvest. A life of sowing and reaping that leads to harvest. A, a life well lived. And I want to begin with a passage of scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. And the scripture says this. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide for you all that you need. And then you will be able to build storehouses to put all your stuff in. I just wanted to see if I was looking. Okay. Then you will have plenty uh, uh, left over to share with others. As the scripture says, uh, they share uh, freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. All right. Uh, this passage of scripture here today uh, that we are sharing, I love the principle here of sowing and reaping. I love it because uh, it's pretty simple to understand. You sow little, you're going to reap little. You sow much, you're going to reap much. That makes sense. Anybody in here ever done any kind of farming whatsoever? Any worked in a field in some way, shape, or form? Anybody ever done it reluctantly uh, under... All right, yes. But most of us, okay? Uh, so you know what it is to uh, plant something into... Uh, you know, my family, uh, both sides, uh, my birth father and my, my mom... They, uh, they, they love planting stuff and growing stuff, and, and y'all know my love for vegetables, so uh, it, uh, it, it doesn't do me any good whatsoever. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's terrible to uh, shuck corn. Well, I like corn, but the, 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 the other stuff. All right, yeah, never mind. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, the, the, all that kind of stuff. But, and, and I love the, what, uh, the New Lemon Translation, uh, what it says here, the version. Uh, it, it said that there's this principle of generosity that God places within us when we are saved. And it says that it comes from the heart. If you remember uh, two weeks ago when we talked about Cornelius, uh, what, what uh, drew God to him? He saw that he had such compassion for the poor and care for them. It says that God took notice of his care for those that are around us. And, uh, and so we want to have that, uh, that principle of generosity in our hearts and our lives. We saw this demonstrated during the pandemic, right? Uh, when people, uh, when that was taking place, we had many people who, who uh, went and they uh, uh, bought lots of uh, toilet paper and lots of uh, other things like that. Uh, lots of paper towels. They did all of those things uh, so that they could uh, have enough to sell to us for three times what they paid for it. Right? That is not generous, right? Uh, we, you know, we saw it here recently with the gas thing. People literally putting tanks of gas into the back of their car. One woman's ha- car even caught on fire. Uh, because of doing that, please understand, as believers of Jesus Christ, we are to have a heart of gener- a, a heart of generosity that what doesn't want to just re- thank God for the blessings that we have in our lives, but want to bless God and to bless others as well. Amen. We understand today that God is our source. Our source doesn't come from any other avenue. He is our source. Every, every provision we have in our life, ultimately God is the one who brings that in our lives. And, and this encouragement from Paul causes us to look within and ask this question. Every one of us in here, what am I sowing in my life? That's very important because if I'm going to reap what I sow, I want to make sure I am sowing the things of God, uh, the, the directions of the word of God and the guidance and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and in that big picture, it makes us realize that, uh, that the choices I make in life, uh, those things add up. The choices I make, the decisions I make, the habits I do, they may seem like no big deal in the moment in time, but the reality is what we are doing in our choices and our decisions, our actions, our attitudes, we are, we are making the path of who we are going to be and how, what our life is going to end up as, uh, as, a, uh, as a, a person uh, in our lives. And so, you know, we may think some things are no big deal. Y'all have heard the adage before, don't sweat the small stuff, right? Amen. All right, well, that's, that's amen sometimes. Amen not sometimes, though. <laughs> sometimes, you know, and I understand the person who ever wrote that book, whenever it was, I understand where they are coming from, you know. Don't let, you know, those small things. But here's the thing. Small things add up. Small things continue to grow. And they continue to uh, uh, get bigger and bigger in our life. And the, the, uh, the, 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 the small stuff can, and, and ultimately these things can lead to blessing and cursing in our life. Solomon said, what spoils the vine? Was it the big animals out there? Anybody remember? It was the little foxes that spoiled the vine. It was those little things that uh, spoiled the vine. And, and, and you know, we, we want to make choices in life uh, that are going to lead to blessing for us, and not just blessing, as we read in that scripture, we will be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. 
Now, I am not an uh, art person, and I respect greatly those people who are. Uh, I, some people, you know, you've, you've been in places where you see something and people are ooing and aahing, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I, I don't get what's happening here. Uh, but everybody else is ooing and aahing, so I'm going, oh, that, yes, that's beautiful. I, what, what was that? You know. Uh, so uh, just because I'm not gifted in that doesn't mean I don't have an appreciation for that. And most of us in here are probably familiar with a, the famous portrait of Da Vinci, the Mona Lisa, right? Every person has probably seen it at some point in time. I'll be honest with you. When I saw it, I was like, huh, okay. Uh, but it's obviously not a huh thing because it's in a, it's in a protected museum. It's considered uh, something that is very valuable. Uh, people love to go see it. And the reason why it is so, uh, so valuable and so important is because of the person who did this. All right, and Da Vinci, in this particular painting that he did, it is the story is told that he used the smallest brush that he had to paint this. He, you know, he, he it made it take hours upon hours of extra time because he used that smallest brush uh, it, it, to to make this uh, uh, to make this very intricate portrait, and it's, it's so intricate that you can't see the brush strokes. And when you, you read a story like that, you think, why would he go to that much detail? Why would he go to that much effort? He's just making a painting. He's just making a drawing. But the reality is, Da Vinci wasn't trying to make a painting. He wasn't trying to make a drawing. He was trying to make a masterpiece. And when I hear that word masterpiece, when I read that uh, story, it reminds me of one of my favorite scriptures uh, in the Bible. And that is found in Ephesians 2.10, where it says, you and I are God's masterpiece. Have you heard that? Have you planted that seed into your life? I don't care what other people have said about you. Scripture says we are God's masterpiece. And he says we have been created improved. That's not what it says, is it? We have been, anybody watching the screen? Okay. We have been created anew in Christ Jesus. Not in ourselves, not in the things of the world. We have been made anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That is a scripture that we need to have buried as a seed in the heart of our lives so it can produce a harvest uh, in us. That God is building a masterpiece in you and I. How thankful. And, and you know, he, and, and I often, the older I get, the more thankful I am for his patience along in the journey. That he is daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. He is molding us and shaping us into a reflection of his image. His brush strokes of grace and mercy and love are molding us and shaping us into the picture that he desires for us to be. To reach this world with the good news of Jesus Christ. He is building that masterpiece in us. We want to sow that in our lives. Why do we want to sow that in our lives? When I have that seed sowed into my heart and my life, here's what happens. I can wake up every day with the assurity that I know that God loves me. I know God loves me. Not only that, I can go each day knowing that God has made me a New. Others may want to hold the past against you. Others may want to say what you are not. Jesus says that he has made us new. We are new in Jesus Christ. And this last little thing here, it says, God has a purpose 
for all of us to do. That is a part of us being the masterpiece that God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives, okay? He has a purpose for us. Now, Junior, save the claps for the good ones, okay? (laughs) I got some good ones coming. Save it for that. Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, And, and, you know, that kind of thought should make us wake up every morning understanding who we are in Christ. Because guess what? It's not always like that when we walk out into the world, is it? We get beat down. We get discouraged, disappointed. All these different things that that take place in our lives. We need to remember what the Word of God says. You have been created new in Him. Uh, He has, uh, He has, God loves you and He has a purpose for your life. I pray tomorrow morning when you wake up, you say those three things to yourself to remind you of what the Word of God says about you. Wake up every day with those thoughts. And it's a challenge for us uh, to to do that. And, And here's a challenge that I have for us as we go into this week and this next season, whatever it may be for us, is that we sow seeds always of thanksgiving and gratitude. Always. Because that is not what we see taking place in the world, okay? So the church can't be acting that same way as well. Then there's no reason for them to think there's any hope in Jesus Christ. But there is hope in Jesus Christ who makes us thankful. And and we are so grateful for his saving grace to us. So we as his followers need to be those who are sowing seeds of thanksgiving and gratefulness. And and I know sometimes that's not our first response. But we want to get to a place where in every situation situation, circumstances, good or bad, we continue to hold to that truth. God, I know that you are with me. I know that you love me and I know that you have a purpose for my life. I pray that I'm implanting this in our hearts and lives today. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, gratitude, all of us in here, uh, when we were kids, our parents would tell us, you know, you should be so grateful for what you have. In my day, we didn't have this, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And we all roll our our uh, eyes when we're young and, and uh, say, you know, we, the reality is we are often very ungrateful and very unthankful. And uh, I remember the uh, story, the uh, uh, Lou Holtz, the, the legendary coach, he was talking about him growing up in West Virginia and they were very poor and they didn't have a lot. And he made the statement, he said, but we, you know, when it came to food, we always had enough. And he said, I knew we always have enough because when I asked my mom for more, she'd always say, you've had enough. Okay. <laughs> So he lived his life knowing I've had enough. Okay. Uh, now we know uh, it's very tempting and always the flesh always is going to want more. All right. The flesh is always going to desire the wrong things as well. And so we don't want to follow that path. We don't want to go that uh, way in our life. We, you know, we, we, we want something just because someone else has it. That, please know that is an endless cycle that will never, uh, it's not a cycle, it's an endless journey rather, that will lead you to discontentment uh, in your life. And so for us to sow seeds of, of, of gratitude and blessing, what we're doing is we're doing battle against the flesh and we are walking in victory uh, and we have to make this, uh, make this statement be very real in our lives. I've got to remember this tomorrow, not just when I stand up here and preach it from the pulpit. I have to every day, every moment choose to be grateful. I have to make that choice that I am going to be grateful. And, and here's the thing. I want to sow seeds of thanksgiving and gratitude so that those things become the default of my life. Not fear, worry, anger. 
I want to default to love, joy, peace, trust. Uh, God's with me. The Holy Spirit's leading me, guiding me, all of those different things. Uh, there's a guy named Andy Andrews. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a writer. Uh, and years ago, I read one of his books. And he made this statement. It made me uh, step back and look at it a little bit a couple times. He said, we need to look for reasons to love our problems. I have never thought of that before. Look for reasons to love our problems because we're all going to face problems, right? So here's what some examples he gave. He says, if I have a problem at work, that means I got a job. I have a source of supply. I have resources that are coming in. He says, if I have a problem uh, with my home, that means I have shelter. It means I have somewhere to live and I'm, co- you know, those type things uh, are part of our life. And so it's a, it's a, a way of thinking that I believe is very biblically. And, and so I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, I've taken time in, in my notebooks to actually write down the blessings of God in my life. And, and I, I don't know about you, but as we were singing that worship song there at the end, uh, the, the goodness of God and all the things, you know, that at, some of you may have went back to childhood when you heard that all my life you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Maybe some memories began to pop up in your life that, that helped you to remember uh, who you are. And so, and so, uh, so many times, you know, we can feel like our lives are unfulfilled. Uh, we can, uh, we, we focus on the problems and, and the struggles that we're in. And, and so that's why we want to have Ephesians 2.10 uh, invested in our heart and our life because it reminds us that we have an eternal purpose. I might not be where I want to be yet, but God is still drawing who I am going to be. He is still molding and shaping us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't clump us up and throw us away. He grows us and shapes us into a reflection of him. I I don't know who needs to hear this today. He does love you today. He loves you and he cares for you and he is there. You're in a storm right now, but he is in the midst of that storm with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you in that. Uh, I think we need to share gratitude with others. I mean, you hear how things are, are talked outside and how people act and, and this, that, and the other. I think we need to set a different standard. I've tried this a while back of, you know, I actually try to overthink people. All right, you know, whether it be the drive-in, whatever it may be, you know, just be thankful all the time. You know, just I thank you very much. God bless you. Be, have a blessed day. All these kind of things. Uh, you, what you're doing is you're sowing some seeds. You're sowing some seeds of gratitude. You're sowing some seeds of, of thanksgiving that uh, I believe can reap a harvest of blessing. Now, Galatians 6, 7 uh, says this. It says, do not be deceived. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The folks who raised their hand about farming, did you ever plant beans and watermelon come from that bean? All right. They did not. That's exactly right. What you sow, what you put in the seed is what's going to come out, right? That is the way uh, it is going to go. So it's the same way in our spiritual life as well. What we sow is what we, if we sow anger, guess what? We're going to live in a life of anger. If we sow peace, we can't control what other people do, but we can live at peace within. We sow uh, fear. Uh, we sow a- anger, whatever it may be that you can think of that we would sow that would be negative. Negative. Uh, those are the things that we are going to reap in our lives. And that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to reap his blessing. 
So we want to sow. We want to live out what the Holy Spirit does in our life, the evidence of him uh, in that fruit. We want to be... We want to be representative of love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, uh, self-control, all that kind of stuff in our lives. All of those wonderful things, that the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We, we want to be able to say, uh, you know, uh, where it says love. I want to be able to say I am, uh, you know, Wayne is, uh, or Casey. Casey is love. Uh, Casey has peace. Casey is joy. Casey is patience. Okay. Uh, you all understand what I'm saying. You know where I'm going. We're working on the patient part. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, and I would say this for uh, young people in here, and that's basically anybody that's younger than me. Um, uh, you have a great opportunity because you have days ahead of you. Uh, you know, don't waste your time in your life sowing seeds that are just going to reap a bad harvest. All right. You can't sow anger, you can't sow hatred, you can't sow all of those things and expect that 10 years from now you're going to reap something good. You want, to be see, you want to be sowing love and joy and peace. You want to be sowing Jesus and his hope to this world that needs to know there is a hope that can be found uh, in him, uh, in Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, uh, so uh, for all of us in here, let's don't waste seeds of dest- uh, sowing seeds of destruction and, and anger and bitterness and all these different things. We want to sow the seed of the word of God. We want the seed of the Holy Spirit to be implanted within us. So that in every situation, circumstance, that we can react and be exactly how Jesus would want us to react and to be. And, you know, I always say this anytime I speak with with young people, once again, that's anybody that's younger than me, me and younger. There we go. Uh, You know, uh, there is an older you that is counting on you making good choices. There is a 35 year old you that's going to be really upset. If you make these negative choices that I'm be talking about, I mean, there's a 35-year-old you that's going to be really excited if you follow Jesus and go after him and sow seeds of blessing. And so we want to make those good choices in our lives relationally, uh, financially, uh, uh, spiritually. All of these things add up. A couple of years ago, we had Jen Sumfeld here when we were having uh, the, uh, uh, the ministry uh, Celebrate Recovery. Thank you. Uh, Celebrate Recovery Ministry, and he came and launched it. And uh, and when we got there uh, to the event, uh, there was somebody that I went to high school with uh, from South Aiken. He was here, and he had someone who had come out of the Celebration uh, uh, Recovery, and he got it changed and transformed his life in a very powerful way. And, uh, and he began telling me his life story and I'm, you know, I didn't let my jaw drop, but it was just, it was just really sad. The, the, the path of addiction that he was struggling with and that he had gone through, uh, he had actually told me this one story that he had, uh, gotten a a shoulder injury and he sued, got $40,000 and blew it in one weekend. And as I was sitting there listening to his story, Shaking hands, giving him the hug, you know, that kind of thing. I went away from that meeting and I thank God for his power to change and transform this young man that I, that I went to school with. And then I took a moment and I said, thank God that you changed me 34 years ago. Thank you that you transformed my life. I want you to know today, if you, need, if you need his transforming love at this moment in time, it doesn't matter how young or how old, Jesus can change. As we read in that scripture, he wants to make you his masterpiece. And he wants to make you anew, not improved, anew. 
renewed in him, in Jesus Christ, and you can reap uh, that blessing. Now, I've got a couple quotes here from C.S. Lewis that I think uh, apply to this very good, and they are uh, uh, things that if you will pay close attention to, I believe they will speak into your life. Uh, And C.S. Lewis was there during a time of war, right? Uh, So some of his imagery here, and he's talking about small things being big things. So let's look here. He says, good and evil increase at compound interest. Anybody know what compound interest is? If you don't know, you're missing out, okay? All right, you are missing out. It, uh, it, It works for you. And when you get older, older you is very happy that you let it work for you. He said, this is why decisions you and I make today are of such importance. Good and evil increase at compound interest. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which months later you may go on to victories you never dreamed. Talking about faithfulness. Talking about living out the faith, letting God grow. And then he says, an apparent trivial indulgence in lust or anger today is a loss of a ridge or a railway line from which the enemy may launch an attack that otherwise would have been impossible. When I read that, the choices I make today are very important. So I always want to choose to follow what Jesus says, what Scripture says uh, in our lives. And, 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 and so it makes it, once again, look within, ask the question, am I sowing seeds in my spiritual life, the eternal life, uh, life of me? That is going to build something that God can use, or is it not? Galatians 6, 9 says, says, So thus don't get tired in doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Once again, compound uh, interest here. At the right time, we will uh, reap a harvest of blessing. And this is a great verse for us when we feel worn out and we feel tired. And as I was praying over this time, I don't know who online may need to hear this or who in here needs to uh, need this. You, you've been, you're in a place of struggle right now. But I believe the Lord will want to speak to you and comfort you and encourage you today that there is at the right time moment waiting for you. There is an at the right time moment that is coming where there will be revelation. There will be whatever is needed at that moment in time in your life. And the key is, is that we don't get weary in doing good. We don't do we- grow weary in f- trying to live and be like Jesus Christ because at the right moment in time, he will use us to be a blessing to others. A great example of this is a guy named Nehemiah in the Bible. If you're not familiar with his story, I'm going to give you a very short version of it, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one to go uh, and read. Uh, and, and Nehemiah was a right time uh, moment. He was the cupbearer to a king uh, that, uh, that he was been captured under. He's been, uh, the, the nation of Israel has been living 140 years uh, since Jerusalem has been destroyed. Uh, the Persian Empire is ruling, and, uh, and the people who are working there, they have never seen Jerusalem. They have only heard it being talked about. Isn't that something? Only heard. And when I read that, I thought about what we've been talking about, planting seeds for the generation. My children are blessed today because of people that they have never met. All right? 
people I have never. I've, uh, 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 Judy's grandfather got saved, uh, and and his life was changed and transformed. Family changed and transformed. That it would ultimately impact her, which would then impact uh, uh, my children. Uh, I don't know the name of the lady who used to pick up my mom and her two sisters in the little farm town of New Holland and carried them to church every Sunday. But my life has been impacted. My children's life have been impacted because of whoever this lady was who did that. And all of us, who knows how many times we've been a part of someone else's journey and someone else's story that has impacted them that will ultimately continue to impact others for the generation will come. That's the kind of mindset that we have when we understand that we are God's masterpiece and that he has given us a job to do. A part of that job to do is to be an instrument of of, a catalyst of transformation in someone else's life so that they can be blessed and become everything that God wants them to be. Amen. All right, so here's Nehemiah, uh, and, and here's the thing. That is great. I love being able to share those testimonies. If you don't have any kind of testimony back to the past to, to refer to, you be the one who starts it today. You be the one that says, for my family, from this point forward, this will be our destiny. And this is how we're going to live. But we are going to be the masterpiece that God wants us to be in our lives. And you can create that new story of hope in Jesus for the generations to come. All right, so uh, real quick, Nehemiah 1, uh, chapter 4, and then chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. This is just uh, where they are and what they're going through. He said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. This is Nehemiah. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. So when Nehemiah was mourning about the fact that Jerusalem had been destroyed and they'd been away for so long, and and here's the thing, I meant to get to this point. Uh, Here's the thing. The reason why Nehemiah and others knew about it, because the generation before had told them what God had done. And what God had promised he would do. So let's don't drop the ball, whatever generation we are right now. We want to continue to proclaim what Jesus has done and what Jesus will continue to do to the generations to come. So he said, he said, I'm sad. And then Sambalat, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. Sambalat, who was uh, the, 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 the Persian guy who was leading in that area. He said he was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and he mocked the Jews. He says, saying in front of his friends and some uh, Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they think uh, they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? And then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing there, said, that stone wall would collapse even if a fox walked on top of it. I want to let you know today, if you try to live for Christ and you let God be that, uh, draw that masterpiece in your, in your life, there is always going to be an enemy that's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy, okay? And no matter, if you strive to do good, please know not everybody's going to join with you. All right. That's why you continue to hold on to the, uh, to the truth of what we know in Jesus Christ. You don't let others bring you down. You continue to go forward. So Nehemiah, he turned to God. He sows seeds of hope and, and seeds of pop- possibility. And we see this in, in chapter 4. Uh, in verse 6, he's, he's, he says, At last the wall was completed to half its height. Do you remember just a moment ago, a, a fox could walk on it and it would fall down. And he said, for why? The people had worked with enthusiasm. I want you to know, I believe today if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we will be enthusiastic and we will be filled with the Spirit of God and we will uh, be filled with the love and the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ and 
and we'll demonstrate those around us. I believe that God can use us to bring about a reformation, a revival, a renewal, whatever you want to call it today. I believe all of that can happen when the people work and pray together and believe God is going to be in the midst of that. And we're going to see transformation take place in our world and in our community. Hebrews 10, uh, verse, uh, first, uh, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. He gives us similar instructions here. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. To what? Acts of love and good work. Amen. We want to motivate. We want to encourage each other. Hopefully today we will encourage each other. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Nia could have had a mindset like this. He could have said, it's been 140 years. It's been 140 years. Why even try? Things are never going to change. But Nehemiah did not do that. He continued to have uh, the, 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 the faith that God was able to restore, that it might take time, but if we work with enthusiasm, we can get this done. And then uh, and, and instead of saying why, why even try, things will never change. Nehemiah said this in Nehemiah 420, and this may be for somebody today. He said, when you hear the trumpet, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. All right, God will fight for us. He has already won the fight uh, in the cross and in the resurrection. He is, so we don't have to feel like we are defeated. We don't have to feel like we are destroyed because God is with us. Then who can be against us is what the scripture says. I thought we'd get an amen on that. Okay, uh, in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, 16, I want to read this real quick. It says, so on October 2nd, the wall had been finished just 52 days after it None. Those puny people could not do it. It was done in 50. When our enemies and surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized the work had been done with the help of God. God is our helper today. And the work that he has given us to do, we can do it in his power. We can do it in his might and in his glory today. Seeds of faith reap a harvest. Seeds reap what are sown. We don't see it, maybe all right in front of us right now, but that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Chinese bamboo trees. I don't know if you've ever seen those giant trees. They have a very tiny seed. Remember what Jesus said of faith like a mustard seed. Had a tiny seed. In five years after planting that seed, you will see nothing. Nothing. Five years. You will see nothing. That would seem like a waste of time. I'm out there watering every day for five years. But then what happens is within six weeks, they grow to 90 foot tall. It's a reminder to us from scripture today. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing love. Keep sowing hope. Uh, The world is not hearing a lot of hope today. The church has the hope. And that is in Jesus Christ. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. 
and we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.